1: This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. 4.4 FM. FM. Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. My name is Steve Curran,
2: and I'm Anne Scantlebury. There we
1: go. That was brilliant. Super professional. Yeah, definitely. Not. No Just one knew that you were. my
2: coat off, still.
1: No, we're, we've got pretty good at this. I think yeah. the intro. Confidence. Confidence is always the key. We are a video game radio show, and we are going to be talking about video games for about the next fifty-nine minutes. Does that sound right?
2: I reckon so okay
1: good we'll have news at the start of the show with Anne. we will have some letters we'll have some reviews that sort of thing have you been playing a game this week
2: of course i have
1: okay just checking because sometimes I, I forget but i've been playing loads <laughs> good
2: well
1: done uh i've got one that i think you'll like as well that'll be coming up later and i completed a game this week as well so did i
2: Ooh, should we talk about that in the reviews? we
1: should probably do that then how are you oh Okay. No, it's
2: me. It's me. How are you, Steve?
1: <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I am good. Had a nice weekend. Yeah. Uh, involved in lots of boring building things at the moment with uh, with the council. I'm trying to do a new kitchen. I wonder whether, like, if you listen back to One Life Left over the course of the last 12 years, yeah. you'd see what do you do the weekend? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, went, raving. I went raving. I was raving. Oh, Glow sticks are so plenty. Drinks. Beats big and now it's like yeah i looked at some tiles yeah i talked to the council about doing some stuff they said you probably can't yeah so it's good apart from that you know genuinely an okay weekend that's good mm, how was yours
2: um very good i
1: i know what you did
2: did loads of walking i this saw weekend. you walked loads really loads
1: how, how loads
2: um a total of about sixty thousand steps
1: okay what's do you want that, that in miles yeah
2: uh it was about 24 <laughs> miles too many it's too many
1: miles. over the course of how how long just two days okay just, two, just days. two days good
2: yeah it's good so i've started walking the thames path which doesn't start in london it turns out what? let's go really far out to like- so did
1: you walk out there
2: no, got a train. Of course, you can do You're not that. Crazy, no, it's right? Great. That's not
1: cheating. Um, right.
2: But you do at the very beginning. You get off at the train station, and it says, "Okay, so you need to walk to the source of the Thames, the disputed source of the Thames." Disputed. Yeah. How's it disputed? Because uh, I mean, who knows where water comes from? We're really. sure you can follow it. Yeah, but it start. It, there's lots of tributaries. Where does the Thames truly start? Ah. Uh, um, so you get off at the station. You walk about a mile. Uh, get to the source of the Thames, and then you walk right back and uh, just follow your footsteps all the way back to the station, Then and then you continue on.
1: Good advice.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's very fun. It's very, very pretty out there. So it was very nice being outside, but I've got a little bit of a cough now.
1: We are one life left. We are a radio show about video games. I'm walking. (laughs) You'll notice that uh, there's just two of us today. No Simon because of... What happened, the incident, Uh, but we are fortunate to be joined this week by super special, super special, it's been so long since I said it, it's hard to say, super Super special special guest, guest. please welcome everybody, uh, Matt Kemp from Jagex.
0: Hi guys, how you doing? good well we've just
1: we've just yeah. gone into detail about yeah. how we're how are you doing
0: <laughs> i'm I'm doing great um my weekend wasn't nearly as exciting as actually it was more exciting than yours because I played <laughs> computer games all weekend and did nothing else
1: excellent so you're well prepared and you've come all the way from
0: Cambridge today yes, yes, I braved the snow
2: yes it's been snowing Whoa. yes, rest of the world listeners <laughs> listeners from outside of london mm. it it snowed in London snow, today.
1: it snowed, and everyone was very excited.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes, we had about three millimetres, I think. So the roads are going to be dead when I get back. Yeah, (laughs) No one's going to be going anywhere. People
2: started leaving work early because they were worried they weren't going to make it home. I'd
0: love to stay. I'd love to stay.
2: stay. We might just have to shut the show down Down. in like ten minutes. Sorry, got to get back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, apocalyptic here. (laughs) It's stopped snowing now, (laughs) hasn't it? But more snow snow on the way tomorrow. So if you are planning to go outside tomorrow, listeners wrap up warm depending on when we get around to yeah. podcasting this yeah if you're listening to this in the summer don't, wrap, don't up warm. wrap up
2: warm also if you're listening to this in australia i assume it's quite warm out there right now so, so don't or equally don't wrap up warm
1: basically what we're saying is wear appropriate clothing for the weather and stay hydrated
2: always stay hydrated
1: okay Anne, are you ready for the news so
2: ready on Monday the 26th of February. I'm Anne Scansbury and this is the news. Norway has accused Nintendo of breaking the law. The Norwegian Consumer Council has said that Nintendo should allow eShop customers to get refunds on pre-ordered games before the release date. As it stands, Nintendo states that all purchases are final from the point of sale, so it's under no obligation to offer a refund. But according to the Consumer Rights Directive, these terms are illegal. Nintendo has said the operation of Nintendo eShop in Europe is fully compliant with European law relating to the statutory rights of consumers. Let's see if Norway forces them to budge.
1: Hmm, interesting. How does this affect us as uh, Mario staff members getting paid in Switch credits?
2: Um I suppose it only really affects you if you ask for a refund.
1: Okay, I'm not planning to do that because all of my Switch credits have been spent on good games.
2: Good. Uh so, do you think that
1: Nintendo are going to fold?
2: Um I don't sticking it, their heels in. It doesn't digging
1: the
3: heels. Well,
2: in. I don't, I don't really think so. It seems As though this wouldn't have been the first time that this would have come up. Um, But, I I don't know, it does seem a little bit dodgy to not be able to ask for a refund on a game before you've downloaded it. So if you, um, as it stands, if you place a pre-order for um, a game on the Nintendo eShop, it comes up with a little um, box that says, you're now waving your... in, in other words, in more legal words, you're now waiving your rights uh, to cancel this order. Mm-hmm. So this order is final. Okay. You're, you're not going to get a refund. Interesting. Um, whereas um, the Norwegian cons- Consumer Council say, no, you should be able to get a refund all up until the point that you download that game.
1: I am not sure why people pre-order digital goods.
2: Yeah, it's weird. Do you know, Matt? Uh,
0: no, I think maybe they've, um, they've they've given into the marketing a bit. Mm, possibly i guess there's that thing
1: where if you pre-order things on steam i think it downloads it before and then releases it. you can play it right at the point of release which usually is midnight so why would you want to do that go to bed
2: mm, um i do actually i've pre-ordered digital Have releases before and it's because um if i see them being uh previewed or written about and i like the look of it i will forget
3: ah. and it's my little
2: reminder to go I, uh, I'm currently ro- keeping a list in
1: my, it down? in
2: my notes document of, this is a game that you might like, like okay. to play. But if I've got my phone already there and I'm like, oh, yeah. Money's could,
1: no object, is my, it, to no, you? I could just, just splash out. Just splash out. Get on with it.
2: But what if then I, I read something else and decided, do you know what, that's, that's really not the game <laughs> for me. Uh, should I be able to get my money back after that point? I
1: think this is on you, isn't it? I think we've got a solution to this, which is... <laughs> pre-order and then it'll all be fine
2: (laughs) Xbox's Phil Spencer has spoken out about the need for diversity in the games industry speaking at the DICE summit he discussed the work going into making Microsoft a safe and inclusive place for all saying this was and is a deliberate 100,000 person strong undertaking to craft the most innovative the most representative and the most effective culture we possibly can so we can do the best work we can this isn't culture for culture's sake it's culture for collective impact
1: this is good news, isn't it? And I'm enjoying the feeling that right now, at this point in time, the games industry is being more active about diversity than it has ever been before.
2: Yeah. Um, I So I didn't watch the video. I read a write-up um, of it.
1: Where was the write-up?
2: Eurogamer. Okay. Obviously. Um, and I liked a lot of what he was saying about how this isn't... It takes a lot of hard work to uh, implement diversity and to make um, an industry or a company more diverse, more inclusive, um, a nicer space. And it takes work every single day. This isn't mm. just an idea, an ideal that you um, discuss a few times in a meeting. You have it as maybe your one of your slogans. Yeah, we're inclusive, we're diverse. You Dog. actually have to think about it every single mm. day and think about its relation to your actions in every part of your business. He talks a little bit about um a uh, party that Microsoft had at GDC in twenty sixteen mm. where they had some um I remember that was in the news, dancers dancers wasn't it? You weren't wearing a lot of clothes. Mm. And he was saying It wasn't just the external backlash that was bad; it was the internal backlash as well, because if you're trying to tell your staff, "Yeah, we're a really inclusive place. Come and work with us," and then you do, and then you do something like that, it's basically it's a kick in the teeth for.
1: Well, Matt and I were having a conversation about Mm. this before you arrived, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, diversity is really key in in the development side of the game. I mean, one of the big problems you get is being creative. And uh, the more opinions and of different opinions and opinions coming from different areas about something that allows you to come up with brand new ideas. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, big caller for uh, diversity. Mm. Um, I mean, the biggest problem we have is recruiting. Um, most of the recruits we get, or most people apply for jobs are male. And that's and- that's kind of the problem is that it would be easy, I think, and this is what people
1: were doing 10 years ago, to just sit back and go, well, we're not getting any mm. women applying. So that's it. We've done all yeah. we can do. But actually, you know, uh, you said that you're being more active about this yeah, now, right? Yeah,
0: so we, we, we do an awful lot in the industry um, to, to help promote, uh, to promote diversity amongst it. I'm doing some work with my local school that my mm. kids go to and uh, talking to them about the games industry, showing them what it's about, how it works. So I'm going in a few weeks to talk to about of the years, seven and eight, and... Uh, and have a chat with them and tell them about it, and hopefully, you know, starting them off young and getting them through education into university to study the right things will will help us in you know five, six, ten, seven, eight, nine, ten years time.
1: Right, and I think that the key line in that for me was making it representative, mm. uh, like of society as a whole. And one one of the things that we've uh, we're doing with the Marioke party, which is happening at GDC in a few weeks. Is that we've um, we've marked out some discounted tickets for underrepresented groups because I think what we want is the audience inside to look like what we would like the games industry to look like. Yeah, and that's kind of what you've you've got to be active about these things. You,
2: yeah, you you could sit back and just go, wow, people aren't coming to me. Well, of course people aren't going to come to you because you need to create a space that fe- both. Feels like mm-hmm. somebody could come to it, but you also have to invite them to the party. Literally, <laughs> what we are doing. <laughs> Spoilers, but this year's BAFTA Fellowship Award will be presented to Tim Schafer. The Double Fine founder said he is surprised, humbled and honoured to be receiving the BAFTA Fellowship this year. BAFTA's long-standing support of video games and championing of creativity and strong storytelling in a medium that have had an extremely positive impact and very grateful to be recognised. Previous recipients include Shigeru Miyamoto, Gabe Newell, Peter Molyneux and Rockstar Games. The award will be presented at the British Academy Game Awards Night on the 12th of April. Try to act surprised.
1: Hmm. What do you think of this, Anne?
2: Um, off the back of that last news story, and when I was uh, writing this up,
1: <laughs> it's all boys that are in there, isn't it? It, is.
2: it um, is. I mean, Tim is great. He's fantastic and obviously has been a huge part of the games industry and has created a lot of fantastic games. Double Fine are a brilliant studio that are creating really, really innovative games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't say I disagree with it.
1: We like Tim Shapes, yeah. don't we? He's a friend of the show. He is. He is. So thumbs up for that. Yeah. I do sometimes feel like these awards are meaningless. I I mean I do generally feel that about all awards apart from the Games Media Award in 2007 or whenever it was we won. Uh, I think I think that at some point if you look at that lineup, you know, they're kind of all of the games they're the games people that people know, apart from Rockstar, mm. which again seems like a bit of a weird outlier to suddenly yeah. give it to a company. Why is that? Because you don't want to give it to the houses because that's not a name, and you can't say, yeah. "Hey, it's really exciting. We've got the houses coming to mm. you know." No, we we've got Rockstar. Oh, people have heard of Rockstar. Yeah. So I do I do wonder what the motivation is for this award, or. Also, you know, how it's decided as well. I've been on award juries. We've talked about those uh, before on on the show and how I, I, I think it's really hard to come up with a list. Um, I would rather see if you're going to give an award like that to people, I'd rather see it given to someone who does, needs more exposure yeah. rather than the people who in that list are already massively overexposed.
2: Yeah because giving uh, Tim Shay for that award is very nice for him and he's it's great. very nice and for And we love Tim Shay. Yeah, we think he's big amazing. Fan, big fan good think games. He's great. great. Um but he it's not going to give him... He's not going to get a job off the back of this. <laughs> it's not going to give him <laughs> any... to his CV. <laughs> on, on his LinkedIn. <laughs> he a BAFTA today. Um, I, but I do understand that. Like, winning a BAFTA as a smaller studio, mm. as someone who's, you know, working on a game, being part of a team that wins a BAFTA, that can have an impact on, you know, being able to get out there and say, look, I, I did something and, and a lot of people liked it. But something like this, it is... Um, it's kind of inward-facing, um, but you know, if people do great work, don't they also deserve to be patted on the back for it?
1: If we, uh, when we, when get our BAFTA, yeah, who's going to collect it?
2: I will. Uh- Sony has launched My PlayStation which is to say it has launched a new browser version of your PSN profile not that it has launched the PlayStation belonging to me My PlayStation the browser version of your PSN profile can be used on desktops tablets and smart devices and lets you check your friend list view your trophies search for friends and respond to friend requests update your profile and send messages it doesn't do anything the PlayStation app doesn't do but it does mean you don't have to download an app which is nice It's only been announced via PlayStation Japan's blog but if you're an early adopter you you can log in at myplaystation.com.
1: Don't use my PlayStation anymore.
2: Sorry, my dot PlayStation. I
1: don't oh, use no. your PlayStation either. No, I've, got, I've gone on, all in on
0: Switch. Do you have a PlayStation? Matt? I've got PlayStation One. Mm, really? Yes, and all the original games back from nineteen ninety uh, when I was much w- younger.
1: <laughs> Which one was the last uh, original PlayStation game you played? Oh, blimey, Tekken Three, I think. Tekken Three. Yeah, I love Tekken. You're three. one of them. I, can, I see. I can, I can kill anybody on Tekken Three. Anyway, the story. Yeah. Is good, you know. Yeah. So like, makes That's people. Oh, Brilliant. you can go to... Oh, great. I can look at my PlayStation profile. They're I mean, also It looks as though news. they're also
2: going to uh, migrate some of the um, account handling management functions over to that as well.
1: Okay, which is fantastic. Good. So you can
2: manage your account. Oh, oh I look well, forward to it. When you got your, your laptop it. out, you don't have to go home and look <laughs> onto your PlayStation. Great,
1: I don't anyway.
2: <laughs> um, so I use my PlayStation... All the time, your,
1: your PSVR. My too? Uh,
2: well, my PlayStation, my PS4 is how I watch TV. It's how I watch everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I play games on there sometimes as well, but I usually use my Switch or my phone. But my my PS4 is like my home entertainment unit, right? Okay. Which is, I guess, what they want.
1: It definitely is. Although they were <laughs> they were probably rather a sentence like, "I use my PlayStation all the time to watch." Yeah. What you've been watching on it? Uh,
2: Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. Yeah, got Netflix running on there. Just got a Now TV subscription, so we can watch Drag Race. Okay. Been watching All Stars three. Oh my gosh! So that PlayStation. So thanks, Sony. Yeah. Thanks. And finally time for video game film news a short independent film based on border control game papers please has been released on youtube and steam as in the game the 10 minute movie is set in the greston checkpoint it's an independent film that was made without help from the game studio but it has had help from game creator lucas pope and in a completely different direction hold on to your tails. sega's upcoming sonic the hedgehog movie has been given a release date mark the 15th of november 2019 in your long-term calendar to follow everyone's Bluest hedgehog in a CGI live action mixed film.
1: Oh, they're all at that, aren't they? Yeah. CGI. We talked about. What's his name? Detec- Detective. Detective. Detective Inspector Pikachu. Pikachu. Um, who's in the Sonic movie? Sonic, they haven't said. Obviously. Who do we think is going to play Sonic?
2: Ryan Reynolds.
1: No, because he's doing.
2: Oh, is he in? He's
1: Detective Inspector Pikachu. Is he?
2: Oh, that's why I thought of his name. Yeah, it
1: is. Who's- so another Ryan. Gosling. Gosling.
2: And Channing Tatum.
1: Okay, are going to play Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And they're gonna do some
2: really good dances.
1: <laughs> Have you did you know this news, this Papers Please news, man? I, I had no idea. No, no idea. Have you played Papers Please? I haven't played that either no. This is not one for you. No. Well maybe it is. Maybe it is.
2: Maybe it is. Maybe, it is. maybe the like, maybe the uh short film will be your entry. More entrance.
1: digestible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have you uh watched the movie?
2: I haven't watched the movie. It's
1: ten minutes. Ten minutes. It's ten minutes. I've
2: <laughs> <laughs> not got time to see, I'm very busy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I get it on my PS4?
1: <laughs> I knew I knew about this too and have also not watched it yet. But we should. We definitely should. We like the game. Yeah. We like Short things, ten minutes. Love short things. Love love games that are ten minutes, ideally. That was the biggest problem with Papers Please. It was over ten minutes.
0: So Papers Please, that was the Eastern blocky type Russian. I I remember seeing that on on Steam, but I've got far too many Steam games. Right, okay, I see, I see. It makes sense, but this is, uh, you know,
1: we can all can all watch it and then pretend we played the game. Yeah, we have played the game. I played the game. you played played the game. game? Of course, I played the game. Just you, Matt. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. just you.
2: Um, But you excited about Sonic? 2019.
1: Oh, the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm generally excited about Sonic. Anyway, there's a Mario movie coming. Yeah. One assumes that will also be CGI. Well, everything these days is CGI and live action, but like, specifically will, you know, be that sort of thing. Because I can't imagine them going the Bob Hoskins route again.
2: Oh, that'd be nicer, (laughs) wouldn't it?
1: Which one I discovered the other day, Matt? What's that? I turn to you for this because this is a topic for men of a certain age. Oh dear. Because uh, I think it predates Anne. Um, did you know that the Mario movie, the, the, the Mario, the, mm. you know the Mario movie, yeah. Bob Hoskins, had a scrif, script draft written by. Um, ah, I've forgotten who they're called. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. No. No. That would have made it more fun. Uh, Dick Clement and Ian LaFrenet. Oh wow. Do you know who they are? No the people who uh wrote porridge oh yeah. right, okay yeah. there we go did a what a crossover what oh, so it yeah. was for you then yeah uh, okay good yeah and um what else did they do whatever happened to the likely lads and yes um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. there you go it's a little trivia fact yeah. so to answer your question am i excited about this no not at all <laughs> yes. if you check my heartbeat during that news story there would not be any difference yeah. but it's interesting
2: Well, it's interesting to me that that there's going to be a Sonic film, a Mario film, and a Detective Pikachu film.
1: (laughs) The big three. The
2: big three, really. Yeah. Um, What else is going to be made into
0: a film? Lara
1: Croft next.
2: I can't imagine
1: it. I can't imagine it. All right, thanks, Anne.
0: One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry.
1: Listening to One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. This is a rather chilled out piece of chip music uh, by Dread. It's called Hyperquest Two Menu. I'm
2: not feeling any dread in this.
1: No, it's uh, well, it's spelled J R E D D. Oh, dread.
2: That's different.
1: Yeah, it might be. uh, It means the opposite of dread. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Very nice. well anyway, it's good. Uh, it's from chipmusic.org. You can find all of the chip music we will play today on the show there. And I advise you do. Okay, is it interview, interview clock. We haven't done one of these for ages. I'm a bit
2: nervous. No, I know. Nervous. Me too. It's all right. We've got a pro with us.
0: Okay. You say that, I tweeted out, before I came here, the last time I was on the radio was 20 years ago. Really? So What radio? 20, 20, were, years, what, 20 ago. years ago. What radio were you on 20 was, years ago? That was... That was Peterborough's it was uh, Light FM in Peterborough. What were you doing? I, well, at the time, I worked for Waterstones Bookshop, okay. and uh, we had a regular book review on there. So I used to go on there and review books every year, uh, every year, uh, every week. Interesting. Until what were you reviewing? Oh, we I could can't talk
1: about that. this. Yeah, for... that's brilliant. <laughs> We've one life left. We've decided to be a book show. Now. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Right. So we had to postpone, didn't we? We, hmm. we were going to. We we didn't do a show last week, and you originally scheduled to be on the show last week. Yeah. Uh, because it was a very, very special anniversary, wasn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and no, it was um, old school RuneScape uh, turned five years old last week, which sounds really bizarre, because um, I'll, I'll tell you how it came about, and I'll pro- probably put it into a bit of context. It was back in sort of 2012, 2013, RuneScape as a whole was going through the modernisation process, mm. and it was turning into a modern MMO, and we had a whole bunch of our players say, we like all this all this new stuff, but we want to play the old version of the game mm. before you change stuff? As computer game players want to do <laughs> um, so we said okay you know if, if that's what you want you know, we need to invest some time into this so we just want to make sure that you guys really do want it so we opened up a poll to them and said you know how many people vote yes um, and if you uh, if it reaches a certain threshold then we'll bring it out and we had about half a million people vote for wow. it to come out and okay. then when they're sort of standing there in front of you going uh, take my money you kind of <laughs> got to do what they say so um, so uh, at the bottom of a safe in a little fire safe on its own covered in cobwebs and dust was a tape one of these old data tapes that we used to save stuff on. The only one that was there, and it was a game save from uh, 10th of August 2007. Wow. Um, so uh, it took, uh, I think our devs didn't sleep for two weeks, but in two weeks' time they managed to turn this this old version of the game into a live service that we then launched. And uh, that, was, that was the 22nd of February 2013. And uh, five years later, it's, it's still here. So at the time, w- did you expect it would last for you know, five years? Oh God, no. Um, we, when we started, was, there was four devs that started work on it. There was me, there was a chap called Ash, uh, a guy called Nexus and um, Dan. And uh, we sort of worked on it and uh, we thought this was a great bit of fun. We expected it to last what, six months and we thought we'd have a great time. We'll make this little game and we'll get a few players and it'll be wonderful. And um, no, it just grew and grew and grew and it's been growing every day since. It's what, been a wonderful success.
1: What were the biggest challenges in resurrecting it?
0: Um, the biggest challenge uh, was... This game was from two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. and our entire infrastructure modernized since two thousand and seven so right. we had to take this game and plug it into our modern infrastructure to make <laughs> it work uh, which which, like I said, took two weeks so it, it wasn 't that much of a problem, but it was a lot of hard work from the guys. The biggest problem was then going on from that because we had no tools to make any to develop anything in the game and uh, when we realized that players were excited and wanted to play, it was like well we 've got to make updates to it, otherwise they would just stop playing and go away. So it took about four months to get some tools in-game so that we could actually start developing content properly. And as soon as we did, we just saw players flock to the game as soon as we started bringing out new content.
1: So it must be quite a strange feeling as as a developer to see a huge player base go... We don't like what you've done to the game. We want it how it was. And actually, you know, you, see, you yeah, we've seen this this week with Snapchat. Uh, they've changed their interface and suddenly they're hemorrhaging mm. users and the guy in charge has been going, no, 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 you'll get used to it. That tends to be the attitude. But this is very, very different. You know, and I think it's a, it's a very uh, open-minded attitude and obviously there's a business case for mm. it as well. But as developers sitting there watching them play the old version... Rather than this new shiny version, what was what did that feel like?
0: Well, it wasn't. It wasn't that they didn't didn't like the new version. Uh-huh. And it was. It's almost like they grew up with this thing that they recognised as Runescape, and they knew how it's supposed to look and how it was supposed to play. Right. And it was, you know, it was leading edge back in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. five, six. But you know, it had gone behind the times by the time we'd hit two thousand and twelve. So it had to be modernised. Um, but the fact that we were able to offer this change was quite wonderful as well because it it. it it was such a, a moment of change in the company where we suddenly realised that actually if we listen to the players and do what they want, then they'll like us for it and keep playing. And it seems really obvious, but it's that, that change doesn't seem to happen too often, that, that focus on purely playerness.
1: I mean, I've seen this situation. I, I, we talked about Star Wars Galaxies mm. earlier, and I think there was a big... There's been a movement, there was a movement to keep the old yeah, pre, yeah, pre-patch version yeah, and yeah. these are all player run though, aren't they? The yes. services, World of Warcraft I think has what they call original vanilla services yes, as well. They,
0: they, they had one and I think they are talking about bringing one out in a few years time an official one but I don't, don't know if they've got
1: right. currently probably inspired though. by you guys.
0: Well, I, I hope so, it would be nice, <laughs> nice to feel that way certainly, I mean all, all that we've done, all that me, my team and Jagex have done is listen to our players and do what our players want and that's that's key for us so
2: what's the main difference between the old and the new what's the thing that made them go, "No, I really really want this
0: i suppose there's there's a number of things I think there is uh, the the um, the business model behind it, so old school is purely subscription. you pay for subscription that's all you get uh, in RuneScape, you've got a um, a a you buy keys and you open boxes and you get stuff as well. Uh, there's also the combat systems are different as well So they're, they're sort of the changes And sort of harking on to um, uh, Star Wars Galaxies They made a big a combat change as well And it mm. didn't go too well for them um, So they're the two key differences It looks very different as well The mm. game looks like it did back in 2007 And even back in 2007 It looked 10 years older than that anyway So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it's it's wonderful part of the charm The simplicity And everyone knows what's going on So uh, when I was, I was reading about this uh,
1: It said something about only uh, player-voted changes happen to the game. That's right. Can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, so our, um, one of the things when we first started off, because this initial poll that we did that had that half a million people come in and vote for it, it, was so well, we thought, what happens if we take this forward with, with our players? And um, so we thought, right, okay, we will only make a change to the game if 75% of our players agree to it. So that's what we did and that's what we've done ever since we've uh, we've polled every update we've made whether it is moving a pixel one right. one thing to the left or or whether it's introducing a whole new content to people to play and we poll it to our players and if 75 percent of them don't say yes then we don't do it we think of something else we listen to the players we get their ideas and we create content
1: and when you say new content to the game is this content that has already been released along the original RuneScape timeline or is this entirely new content just ba- based in that original Rune- RuneScape world?
0: For the most part it's brand new to RuneScape as a whole. Right. Um, there are some things that have come from RuneScape into old school Okay. Um, because there are some good updates that our players mm-hmm. want to get in there so we move them across when they want them. But for the most part it is old school specific content. Uh, it makes it, it makes a wonderful conversations we have about the law and how that works across <laughs> different versions of the game, and uh, that, that's that's quite a wonderful conversation we're trying to nail that down going forward as well as we work on bringing out all these other Runescape games as well. Um, so it's it's quite a wonderful little uh, l- l- wonderful conversation to have. Is there any
1: difference you notice in the type of player who prefers you know old school Runescape to the the, the player based on the new?
0: They're so similar, it's scary. Really? Yeah, you would have thought, you know, I mean, the the logic says you're playing a game that they played back in 2007, Mm. therefore they're 10 years older. So they're, what, 10, 13 back then, so they're all mid-20s. That's not true at all. They're the same sort of players are playing now. You get 16-year-olds playing, you get um, 95-year-olds playing, you know, you get a full range of people who play the game, and it's the same across both games. Do you, uh, I think since the original RuneScape was launched,
1: the world has got, you know, significantly more connected, but yeah. as an industry we've got better at handling Player bases, I think mm. and handling uh, problematic elements yeah. in them. Is that something that? Was present on the original runescape, and you have different ways of handling handling it now?
0: Oh god. Yeah, um, we have um, a wonderful uh, data and player support department. so everything that happens in game goes into this big, we call it the data warehouse, uh-huh. it's, uh, and it all goes in there and we can pull out all the data we want about the players, who's acted in what way, who's acting good, who's acting bad, and we can, we can weedle out the uh, toxic elements of the community and remove them from the game so we don't have to worry about that and keep the community safe. We do a huge amount of work with the local police force as well to make sure that there are any risks to people in game oh, wow. um, are escalated properly as well. Um, So we have we have a wonderful team that monitor chat 24-7 out of you know The hundreds of thousands of people that are online at that time uh, That keep that that working all the way through so we keep our players as safe as we can I think your
1: previous answer has thrown me a bit because I was I was really expecting you to say Yeah, old school runescape targets the people who you were talking Mm. about the people who grew up with the game and is is older and and to have a company that is has two products that are Mm. very very similar and are targeting essentially the same demographic is really
0: unusual. It's a really big demographic, yeah. that's the thing. You think about <laughs> how many people are in it. We've got, what, a quarter of a billion accounts we've had made. Yeah. And so that's, you know, if, if we game. had all them playing at once, I think yeah, we'd all be very happy. But but there's there's a, such a huge market that there's so many people who haven't played it as well. And there's two types of game they can play as well. So they can play yeah uh, the new RuneScape, which looks shiny, looks like a modern MMO, uh-huh. or they can play the old one if they fancy the retro side of things and the nitty gritty grind of a proper grindy game. Um, and it's it's it, although it's the same thing, it's two different things and two different reasons to play each one.
1: I was about to ask what's next for old school runescape it feels almost like you have this This you talked about the timelines it's almost like you're going through a, you're producing an alternate history like there's this point where the two diverge I know that the universe is yeah. you're meshing together but the sort of playing styles one of them is very modern MMO and one of them is yeah. it's old school
0: so old school uh, we've got a couple of really weird things that we never thought would happen um, mm-hmm. we've got into competitive gaming we work with ESL to produce quarterly tournaments as well huh. on this MMO that's you know <laughs> from 2007 and it's gone really successfully I mean the numbers we pull for the live streams are absolutely huge uh, we give away $20,000 uh, to the winners each time and we get people all in together audiences to watch it all a proper, proper performance and that, that works really well for us but the most exciting thing we're doing is we're bringing both games to mobile phone. Oh. So, And the difference between what you would normally expect a PC game to go onto a mobile phone, this is going to be exactly the same game. So you could be sitting playing on your PC, you need to go to the loo, jump onto your phone, <laughs>
3: play exactly
0: the same, uh, exactly the same uh, character on the same servers and the same game session, play on the loo, get back to your PC and carry on playing. So that will happen everywhere.
1: I can't imagine the UI problems, U- UI challenges <laughs> you must have had converting an Old MMO mm. to a modern mobile phone uh, it has
0: been a massive challenge, but you know we've we've got it working on both, and mm-hmm. they're, they're all right. They still need a lot of work to get to it. We're not—we haven't launched them yet, but we're going through the beta process with our players now to get their feedback and make that all work. But it's yeah, UI is a, a big challenge. Uh, I think old school's got 764 interfaces we need to look at. <laughs> so <laughs> compare that to a modern game where you have three and or, just, or four. There's just, just four works. of you doing this in two weeks. Well, there's, there's, so. there's, there's yeah, there's, uh, there's there's nineteen of us now so okay. the team. Team's grown a lot more, um, and we've got a whole the whole platform team, and the whole of Jagex is behind trying to make this happen. Is so it's, it's it's a wonderful thing to go is through Is there any rivalry between the two Runescape teams? Only good, positive rivalry. Positive rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you ever get any
2: crossover? Do you to you know if you're particularly one one team is particularly busy? Do you ever get crossover? with the different team members helping yeah.
0: each other out yeah so I mean we've got a wonderful collaborative environment at, at Jagex and there's so much goes from both teams into both games and everybody wants to get involved in the different things that go on so yeah that happens a huge amount
1: excellent it's super interesting I knew nothing about RuneScape before no. today have you ever played it? no maybe we could yeah, man, in the toilet. can we, can we yeah. <laughs> We're to start a guild yeah. on the toilet. <laughs> toilet guild. I don't know. And where can people find out more information about this? R-
0: RuneScape.com.
1: RuneScape.com. That's yeah. easy. Um, what about you? Is it, do you have a Twitter or any of this? I, I Social do, media. yeah.
0: So I've got at um, Jagex Matt K is my Twitter. Okay. Um, Makes and sense. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of, uh, I mean, everybody in the company's got a Twitter as well. So um, there are <laughs> hundreds, of, hundreds of Jagex uh, employees with with Twitter on there. Um, and it's, it's again something we really really enjoy doing really sort of promoting Jagex is that we want to talk to our players so I can go and of have course. a conversation with our mm-hmm. players as can a developer or QA or an artist or anyone else um, that can all you know even HR people can go and talk to, to our players if they want to There's that, <laughs> do that they often? There. Oh, they, they, they do yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair they do but it's it's that you know that, that ability to connect with your players mm. is, is key in how we work
1: fantastic okay uh, we should get on with the show i could talk for ages yeah. to you about this uh but we've got to do the letters should we do the letters let's do it well well something happened
2: something did happen didn't it we got some actual post this is wild we talk Absolutely to you a wild.
1: lot about this listeners we talk to you so much about maybe... You know, it's nice to get an email. Don't get us wrong. Every email we get to...
2: Team at One Life left.com.
1: Makes us happy. Even if it's just saying, just was thinking of you, One Life Left. Don't want to say it. Don't read this out on the on the show. Just was thinking of We get a lot of those. Yeah, to loads. Too, loads, many. loads. loads. No, not, too many. Loads. Too many to read them out. Yeah, if we yeah, were allowed to, but we can't. Answer. But it, is, it does feel special when you send us actual posts.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's so special that our producer upstairs was like... Oh, I wanna find out who it's from. <laughs> so do you want to do that, Anne?
2: Yeah, alright. Okay. Oh, it's in a beautiful uh floral envelope with a picture of a cat in a wig and a hat on the back. So thanks, sender. Oh hang on. Oh, what? This is weird.
1: What's weird about it? Uh Describe, paint a picture like we should do on the well, right.
2: Well, so I'm just opening the envelope. You can and hear I thought it. I could No I thought I was gonna be able to pull the letter out, but it turns out the letter is written in the envelope. The
1: letter is the envelope.
2: What? All
1: along. This is, okay. This is wild. exciting.
2: Hang on, hang on. Hang on. This is less fun than I thought it would be. Okay. Um Hello team. Hello SSG. This week I fancied a bit of puzzling and ran through the first Hexcells game. It's basically crafted hexagonal Minesweeper. I've played that. It's a lovely set of brain teasers and the visual and sound design are excellent. However, I kept making mistakes because the buttons are the opposite way around to Minesweeper and years of muscle memory took over. Do you have games that are so similar to other things you can't play them? I know guitarists who can't play Guitar Hero. Pip-Pip from Robert.
1: Robert Wells. Regular writer in. Actual letter. More of that, please. And also, good questions. Um, Matt, do you have any answers Uh, Well,
0: I am a guitarist and I can't play Guitar Hero, so
1: spot on there. Perfect. I've been playing... um, So I don't know if you remember, we were talking about the PlayStation Mm. earlier. Um... Japanese PlayStation games switched the X's and the O's. Oh, dear. So, to confirm, you would press... No. To confirm, you would press O. Circle.
2: Circle.
1: XOXO. Yeah. To confirm, you would press circle, and to go back, you would press cross, which kind of makes a visual sense, Mm. but doesn't if you've been playing PlayStation games uh, from Europe all your life. Well, I thought that had gone away. However... I played a game on Nintendo switch called something to do with slimes I'll look this up for the review section mm. um, and it does exactly the same so the bottom button on the switch is uh, is confirm mm. wait I've got I'm not sure which one <laughs> I no. don't know which one is right now. anyway, the two that you'd expect on the yeah. switch, the bottom one and the one to the right are the wrong way around and it's it's really really distracting. It's it's it, it's making it very, very difficult to play that game. So are lots of other things. But we'll talk about that in the review section.
2: Um, I think I had trouble with the Switch at first. And I can't remember if it was just because uh, when I had the um, Joy-Con out mm-hmm. separately, I was holding them the wrong way or I hadn't like activated it and it was very—it was just confusing me so much it's not a muscle memory thing it's just probably I wasn't doing it it does right.
1: have that annoying thing which has to be willfully done where they have the Y button mm. which if you're familiar with yeah. Xbox where the Y is that's at, at the top on the switch it's to the left and so when Zelda says press Y to do this you're like you go- yeah. yeah, and it's not that Um, yeah did that answer the question I feel like that was quite a comprehensive answer to that question I mean for our standards it was pretty comprehensive
2: Uh, we've had an email in uh, dear OLL I see Billy Mitchell the video game world pantomime villain and hot sauce mogul is in the news again with his Donkey Kong high scores under dispute amidst allegations of cheating what the Twin Galaxies community are analysing footage of his record breaking run frame by frame looking for ways to prove he was using an emulator rather than an an original machine in order to gain an, an unfair advantage. Did
1: we talk about this? I
2: think we might have, yeah.
1: This is the problem. We've had some problems podcasting mm. recently, which means that people are writing in...
2: Yeah, about things we might...
1: Things we've already covered in depth.
2: Well, but there is a... Uh, there's a question here. Whatever the outcome, the level of detail his accusers are going to in order to generate evidence is astonishing and a reflection of how seriously these things are mm. taken. What world records sit in the OLL trophy cabinet? I was number one on Mini Metro's Daily Challenge on the 12th of December 2016, and no one can ever take that away from me. <laughs> and that's from Chris Conroy. Uh,
1: number four at Luminez, I've talked about that before on the show. Number four in the world at oh, Luminez, just outside the medals. Uh, and I was for a brief period number one on a lot of the leaderboards on Chime, which is a game I made for the Xbox, before I realised that was not a good look, <laughs> uh, and I got them deleted.
2: Uh, Matt, are you a champion at anything?
0: Uh, no, but I'll tell you what we we have been working on. We've been working on um, speedrun servers for old school. Ah. So players can actually run through their quests that they've done. It's something that's—I uh, mean—the competitiveness in computer gaming is such a crazy thing. But th- everybody wants to be the best. You'll be able to nail that, surely, because you will There's much better people. Some of our players, they—they they take it to the nth degree. They're, they're, yeah, but
1: you, know. you could—you could get the. I could cheat. Yeah, easily. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say that, but now you've said it, you could. Absolutely. A little bit of glory. Absolutely. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice.
2: I've still got more letters. Have we? Yeah. That hasn't happened for a while, has it? That's what happens no. when
1: you send us post. When yeah. we've got stuff. Hold on a second. There we go. There we
2: go. Um, dear team and SSG love the show thanks for starting the podcast again for us non-London non, not on the internet at 7pm types anyway last week's mention of Halo Games made me wonder if we were far enough from that game of theirs to discuss it rationally for me the biggest controversy was putting Joe Danger on skis you can get used to it though <laughs> to end on a question what's your favourite SSX uh, I'm in the school of tricky cheers and that's from Morg Adams
1: mm, good question um tricky for me i think tricky felt like they just threw at it they understood what ssx should be which is a stupid fast pinball machine going super fast you know it's not a snowballing simulator and it had a great soundtrack and it was just fun and bright like the best video games
0: often are.
2: I literally don't know what an SSX is.
0: Interesting. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking, what is going What are
2: they talking What about? is this?
0: SSX uh, is a
1: snowboarding game from I would guess about 2000-ish, maybe 2001, hmm. uh, released by EA. And there were a few... I think there was a couple of sequels. SSX Tricky was a tricks-based variant, but very, very extreme. It felt like it felt like a really fun kart racing game, but on a ski slope. Maybe kart racing isn't quite right, but just had that irreverence that made the game fun. At the same time, was um, Microsofts amped. Mm. which was a very serious snowboarding game and was great for, you know, different reasons. And so you kind of had these two paths. Uh, But tricky. I think there was a third game. I didn't play it, and I don't think it did very well. And maybe EA have got bored. There's definitely space for that sort of snowboarding game. Um, What was the most recent snowboarding game? There was the Ubisoft one, uh, which I forgot what it was called, like Powder or something. You
0: see, I used to play... It's called. It's I used to play Cool Borders. Right. Back in the nineties, yeah. would probably have been. But that was we said.
1: Yeah, it's kind of arcadey fun racing yeah. game. Again, like it suffered for some controls. I found it very difficult. Cool Borders. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 It, was, it was. It was a Saturday night we went out sort of game where all your right. friends are around and you just crashed exactly. and
1: Tricky, I think, has that thing that EA tend to do really, really well, which is microscopic polish. It celebrates every single moment just loudly. Uh, it was fun, it was so so fun, so hopefully that answers your question. I feel like I recently,
2: m- most recently played a, s- a snowboarding game in VR, because it feels like really? the kind of thing where that's, there, it's yeah. quite an easy thing I've, to... I've done skiing
1: and sledding yeah. in VR, and they're very good at making you nauseous.
2: Yeah, mm. I did um, the one where you're on lying backwards on a skateboard going down um, steep roads, nice. and you have to move with your head, and I oh. wanted to vomit.
1: Seven hour test. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll have a bit of music and then we'll be back. to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is The Whatevers by Mute Hero. Uh, I just googled slime and switch. Uh, I just dropped my laptop. Google said, do you mean the slime switch up challenge? Don't know what that is. So no, I didn't. Still failing to find this. Uh, other business Anne that we're gonna deal with now
2: uh, we are gonna deal with marioke now there is gonna be a marioke in London at the loading bar this no not this Friday next Friday week the, on Friday a week on Friday the 9th of March
1: so we're using this uh, marioke as a run through for our GDC Mariooke it's gonna be we're gonna treat it like GDC. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be exciting, which means we'll have a few goodies for the audience. Does that mean you have Should to I tip you? your staff? I showed you. Yes, tip your bartender. Uh, so, yeah, come along to that. It's free. It's at Loading Bar in Dalston. And, of course, if you are out at GDC, on the 22nd of March, we're running our biggest ever marioki party. There will be literally hundreds of people there, and that is scary to say. But we are going to have an amazing amount of fun. We're also doing that with Botnik. Uh, the brilliant internet predictive text mischief company. I don't know if that's their <laughs> official bio. I think it, it uh, might But it said being, describes what yeah. they do and we're going to have a DJ who has a literal syringe in a good way.
2: In a good, in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, uh, so singing and dancing at GDC see, and
1: Come and do that with us, please. Just singing in London. Yeah, uh, there will be we are, we're actually sold out. There will be another release of tickets if, sorry, Anne just told me off for hitting the desk sorry Good. There will be another release of tickets so if you get on the wait list I think you might get a ticket maybe but be quick uh, is that it?
2: well we need to do reviews but we've also got
1: something's happened
2: something's special
1: something's in front of me Anne
2: there's a box in the studio and I think it's going to be okay
1: so what's happening here Matt?
0: right so um, we like quests and uh, RoomScape's all about quests mm. so we put a quest in a box for you
2: Ooh.
1: Interesting. Is this a loot box? No.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, it depends Good.
1: on what you call loot, I guess. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. So I'm opening uh, I'm opening what could be described as a cardboard box, brown I mean, cardboard it box. It
2: would be described as a brown box. It would. Well, yes. you know, yeah.
1: if you were competent at describing, yeah. which I am. And inside is another box. Uh, I feel like I should maybe hand this one to you. Yeah. This is past the parcel. Okay, so inside the box is another box, and it's a striped black and white kind of lunchbox-sized
2: it looks box. like a gift. It does
1: look like a gift.
2: Uh, and on it, it box. says, RuneScape old school, happy fifth anniversary. Okay, interesting. Please be old cake, please be old cake.
1: <laughs> Weak old cake. It would <laughs> yeah. be our fault, wouldn't it? But we'd still be delighted. Ooh. Oh, what we Oh got? my
2: gosh celebrate Old School RuneScape's 5th anniversary and complete the Cook's Assistant quest with these Bake Your Own Cupcakes it is, cake. Look, it is cake! It's cake and an activity
1: <laughs> Literal It's part. cake in a box! That's amazing Oh this
2: is brilliant!
1: Thank you so much! Oh <laughs> all the pleasure. good
2: stuff icing sugar. What
1: do we What do we get when we complete the quest? Well a little bit cake, fatter cake, yeah.
0: I guess. The, uh, it's, it's based on one of the original quests that were made back in 2001, Cook's Assistant as you probably can guess oh. where you have to go and bake a cake for the Duke of birthday.
1: Fantastic. So, um, uh, thank you so, so much. For that. I think you are... Wh- wh- when was the last time we got a gift from a
2: I don't SSG? I about other gifts. No, it's the true. best <laughs> gift. It's
1: true. Yeah, it's the best ever gift.
2: We've been given the gift of fun. So who's going to make them? Me.
1: <laughs> that seems a little bit gender normative. Like, maybe uh, no. I should.
2: No, it's gender and wants to do this. Okay,
1: good gender. Good yeah. gender. Should we do reviews? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that didn't start. That's why. There, there we go. go. Got it, got it, got it. Smooth, professional, 12 years, 12 years. Anne, what have you been playing this week?
2: They've got little, um, yeah, like, right. rice paper thingies all right. with the Good. logo but, I mean, on it. I mean,
1: that is cool, actually. That's really That's cool. That's amazing. Silver
2: Stars. Anyway, what have I been playing? Oh, this week, I played Florence. Florence? The narrative, uh... I've
1: heard about this. Yeah. Heard the narrative...
2: This story game where you are uh, a young woman who's 25 years old and she's going about her daily business Mm. and then she meets a man and she falls in love with him what and it follows the story of their romance how it ebbs and flows and floats away into the wind in the end because love Uh, spoilers Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. What? What's going to happen? That's definitely a spoiler. (laughs) Some people live happily ever after. Uh, No, they don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a real spoiler. Yeah,
2: Um, It's a very... Well, so I feel like... Yeah, it's kind of a spoiler, but also it's an incredibly short game. There's not a lot of other stuff I could talk about if I didn't talk about the... Full flow of the game Um, Yes, so it's a a little narrative game where you have tiny little puzzles in there Um, so I was playing it on my phone I think it's on other uh, mobile devices Um, and I think you can play it on Steam as well Um, but yes it's uh, like this very very sweet very pretty game Um, the artwork is like um, I don't know it's very it's sort of comic booky and the setup is definitely very comic booky. You're swiping through uh, little panels of things a lot of the time, um, and yeah, it it sort of touched me in a lot of ways because I've been a 25-year-old woman. What? Um, and I've you know been through relationships that haven't always gone well. I you know this has happened to me too. It was very very. Uh, very real in a lot of ways but in other ways I also felt like it sort of didn't go deep enough Mm. because it's um there's no actual uh dialogue in it you don't go that deep into this relationship so you're seeing it very much from the outside from little uh grabbed moments um you're seeing like small vignettes of this relationship and while I totally think it gets what relationships are and can be, and shows sort of like a watercolour of what your emotions in these kinds of relationships can be. I don't, I didn't feel particularly in it mm. with them.
1: Interesting, this feels like a game that's going to win awards yeah. for me, just not from I've not played it, I've read about it and just from the sort of internet buzz it's talking about, it feels like an IGF nominee.
2: Yeah, definitely like it is very very lovely and it's nice having a game that is just yeah. about a, like a very normal kind of relationship mm. uh, and about some of the, you know the things that are heartbreaking and upsetting and life changing for people that don't, that aren't that aren't huge, that aren't big, and sometimes those are the biggest biggest things that change people and seeing that reflected in games, because I think we've seen a lot of that in films in TV and in music, but in games I don't think that that kind of bit of life is necessarily reflected a lot. Um, for me, it didn't push all of my buttons, but, you know, I'm not 25 anymore, Steve. I've been through life. I've <laughs> been through the ring. I've seen this all. Uh, so I would give it 7 out of 10.
1: Fantastic. Matt?
0: Yeah, so I was um, I was doing my sort of weekly trawl through Steam to see if there are any games that I actually haven't bought. You've got yet. too many games, and, Matt. Uh, and I found this game that I played back in the '80s called Space Quest,
1: oh.
3: and
0: it was one of the first games. I didn't even know you could still get it, but mm. you can. Steam has it, thank God, Steam. Um, and so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd play it because it's the first game that introduced me to RPGs and what an RPG was and how. How uh, how that entire thing worked, and it's based around a chap called Roger Wilco, who's a janitor on top on the board a spaceship. Not a very good janitor, I think. If he was uh, if he wasn't on board a spaceship, he would have been fired a long time ago. Um, and uh, the spaceship gets invaded by aliens, and everybody gets killed apart from him, and he has to save the universe. And the wonderful thing, I mean, the humour behind it is absolutely brilliant. It's proper British. Um, Slapstick humour, mm-hmm. and it's 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 what 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 really presses my buttons for want of a better phrase. Um, enormous fun. It is proper proper 1980s game. So you're using your uh, arrow keys to move around. If you want to pick up something, you have to type up pick up ladder.
1: Nice.
0: Um, proper proper. The first step out of a proper mud, I guess. I think <laughs> is probably what it was. But it's you know it comes in. There's seven versions of it now, seven different games for it, so it can go on forever. Wow! And it was uh, it was a wonderful thing to play again after first playing it on my dad's computer when I was ten years old.
1: Well, careful! Don't let nostalgia influence your score.
0: No, I'm I'm thinking I had long think and long hard think about this, and I think probably seven out of ten is is about right.
1: Fair enough. Good. Right. I played two games. The one I was talking about earlier is called Ambition of the Slimes, which is a very Ooh. Japanese name, and it's a very very Japanese game. It is a turn based grid based uh, slime combat game, a little bit like Final Fantasy Tactics that sort of thing Um, it has a very very awkward control scheme which is not just limited to the transposition of those buttons that I talked about earlier, Uh, but it is adorable and it does feel very Japanese in a way that you often don't see anymore, even games that are made in Japan, big games, tend to be so polished that and so well translated and so beautifully like finished so well localized that they lose some of that novelty it's also super cheap and it's on switch i'm enjoying the combat uh it has some unique unique things to it i think i've never seen what well, basically the slimes capture humans by going next to them and th- jumping down their throats and then you become the human it's kind of nice. cool uh, 7 out of 10, I also wanted to mention Speed Dating with Ghosts.
2: Ooh, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> it does sound like your sort of game. Yeah. And it is your sort of game. Uh, I've only been through one of... It's very, very simple dialogue choice-based game. Uh, I've only run through it once. It took me about a quarter of an hour. Uh, but it was nice. It was beautiful, and it was fun and touching. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. 7 out of 10. Cool. That's it. That's We've got it. to go. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on the show. No problem at all. My pleasure. You've been brilliant. And thank you, Anne.
2: Thank you, For Steve. being
1: here under trying circumstances. Yeah. We will be back next, next week. week. But until then,
2: see goodbye. you. Bye. <laughs>
1: This program has been brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you liked what you heard and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm.